0: Who's excited? Who's excited? Who's excited? Are you excited? You should be, because you're fucking breathing today. I'm breathing. You're breathing. That's excitement. We're not in a fucking pine box, son. We should be thankful. So fucking thankful. Anyways, leave us a comment. Leave us a little love on the website. Comment section. Shoot me an email. Sobriety at com. Check out some music on there. Some chemical diet. Some Shane Raymer acoustic. Love it. Love yourself, love it all, or fuck you. Without further ado, Mike Nielsen. This is Shane Rayburn, and you're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast on Recovery Radio. Living one day at a time for a sober, healthy, happy life. For more information, visit www.gotsoberguy.com And now, let's start the show! What's up? We're talking with Mike Nielsen today. Mike, what's going on, man? How's it going, bro? Doing well. Doing well. I feel like we've done this before. Something
1: like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, uh, where to begin? Let's... uh, I got a few emails recently um and one of them in particular stood out from uh a girl named Kristen and I'm just gonna kinda kinda go over what she said what she said in um well let me, let me just read a little bit of it. It says let me start off by saying how much your podcast has helped me on my journey to recovery. I listen to you when I'm at work, and when I'm at work, I'm completely gung ho about staying sober. Of course it's easy then because I'm at work. It's when I'm alone and I'm home that I have the problem. Uh, she has four kids. Um, she has a husband who's diagnosed bipolar anxiety uh, disorder, depression. He's never drank before. Um, and she says she doesn't know how to get help. Her husband doesn't support her. And, um, you know, he, he kind of just says, how's the attitude on why, you know, why can't you just stop? Like, just don't drink anymore then. Um, and she said, I wish it was that easy, I, and I can't go to AA meetings because I don't have anyone to watch the kids, and he's unwilling to accept the fact that I'm suffering from a disease. I would say he's unwilling to understand it as well. Um, so yeah. it's, it's she says, it's 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm drunk right now. I was sober for two weeks. I thought I was doing good, uh, but the liquor section called out to me at the store, and here I am. So... Um she says i know there's some some good online meetings. Have you tried any of those? she doesn't know what to do, and she needs help so uh Kristen number one gotta find a support group gotta find somebody uh to contact with and um have somebody to call have you know even if it's on on the phone call wouldn't you definitely say that Mike?
1: yeah, I agree. I was gonna say that same thing if you can't get the meetings i mean uh I know it's hard for her. Even if you can get, like, to one meeting and uh, get one contact or an online contact, someone you can call and talk to when you're feeling like you want a drink or if you're feeling down that day. Um, not everybody can make it to meetings all the time, but like you said, to have a some kind of contact, some kind of support, um, you definitely need that if you want to start recovery. It's one day at a time, so she can take today as the first or whatever, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good, uh, a really good piece of advice. One day at a time. Um, you know, you got to start somewhere, and sometimes it seems like the, you know, it's a very overwhelming. There's a lot of things you got to do, but just try to look at the simplicity of it and take it one one day, one moment at a time, um, and and that'll really help to get you off on the right foot and get started. Uh, I'd also like to say too to Kristen, um, I don't know if they've considered therapy, some some counseling, some marriage counseling. Um, you know, that, that really, truly helped my wife and I deal with the disease and deal with some understanding of it and how it affects families. Um, and you know, some people are scared off by it. I guess I understand that from, you know, an outside sense, but there's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's really just a mediator to help you communicate, to help you understand each other. It's not somebody trying to tell you what to do. A, unless you get an asshole yeah, one. So I mean that's part of it too. You gotta find someone you can work with. Um,
1: yeah, it definitely definitely works. I, I suggest it as well.
0: Yeah, it it it's just um you know, it's just nice to have a third party there to be able to start learning how to express yourself in a healthy manner instead of acting on emotion, you know, anger, stress, um, you know, those type of things that we really can't think clearly on. Um yep. so let me also throw this disclaimer in there. I forgot to do it again, I should have done it. Um Mike and I are not psychologists, we're not doctors, we're not licensed therapists, any bullshit like that. We're just a couple of old drunks who've been through some shit and okay. we'd like to think we know what the fuck we're talking about. So this is uh this <laughs> just is just yeah, yeah, this is just our opinion and our, our advice, uh, you know, to anyone out there who wants to listen. So um yeah. this what worked for us yeah exactly things that have worked for us and things that we've uh that we've seen work for others and it's a daily struggle We're, we learn shit yep. you know we learn new things every day so um anything else you'd like to to throw out there to Kristen, mike
1: um no i think you know like i said if she can just get in touch with one person or if someone on your you know message board emails you or they can get in touch with their uh, reaching hand there's a lot of um a lot of programs and stuff out there for women and You know, and if she can get her husband help, I mean, he's probably not willing, but that's part of recovery. If he's not going to understand the disease, um, you know, Al-Anon or something like an outside group that he can go to, if he's willing, that would make a world of difference. But I I don't know how you feel about that, but that would definitely make a huge difference.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of support groups, you know, um, all over the place, all over the country, all over the world that – that not only support the alcoholic themselves, but that also support the family and friends of alcoholics. So that would be something he would definitely want to look into, because I think it's not something where he doesn't care about his wife. Uh, he just is uneducated and doesn't understand it, uh, like many of us, yeah. you know, did before before we uh, before we got yeah. some help. So. Anyways, Kristen, good luck to you. Uh, Feel free to write in at any time if you have any questions or you have any concerns or you need to talk about anything else. We are here, and and like Mike said, if there's anyone else that can reach out to Kristen, you can do it through me. Um, And uh, I think that would be that. So, Mike, what's up, man? So, um, I feel like we've done this again, and the reason I said that is maybe we should discuss this a little bit. Um, Yeah,
1: I mean, that's fine.
0: uh, You know, so... For anybody who, well, you're not gonna know. Only Mike and I know this, but we did we did a, a show on Friday night, and we had a great conversation for about an hour and fifteen minutes. We covered a lot of good shit, and we had a good time doing it. And we um, we ended the the talk. You know, I hung I hung the phone up. I went over to my task I started. I'll save you all the nerd talk and shit. But I I I started going in so i could um so i could transfer it from my amp to my computer so i could mix and edit and all that bullshit and i fucking erased the whole hard drive with all of my master tracks of music uh, all my podcast episodes uh the podcast mike and i had just done so truly for a nerd like me who likes to geek out on this shit on this technical shit it was a lesson a hard lesson learned to always have your shit backed up and uh and to not try to rush and be so eager to to get shit done when you make stupid ass mistakes
1: like that. So it's all good. We'll we'll knock it out again.
0: We will. We will. And I'm excited about it. So it's a new day and I guess my point to that was that um you know, sober or not sober, shit still happens and you gotta deal with it. Shit
1: gets fucked up no matter what. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And you know, as minor as this this shit can be compared to some serious situations, you know, it was it was a little thing that happened where you can sit and go, fucking. Why did that fucking happen? And ru let it ruin your day and shit. You know, and uh, you it's know, nice to have the tools to, you know, you're still gonna get upset about shit, but to not let it, let it ruin your day. So,
1: yeah, don't let it get uh, to you.
0: Yeah, man. So, so what's up with you, dude? How's how's things going these days? What, uh, where should we start at? Do you wanna you wanna kind of bring it back, or go ahead?
1: Yeah, everything's good, man. Uh, just relaxing at the house the kids um
0: let's kind of start let's let's bring it back man um to when you were younger tell us a little bit about how you grew up and um and bring us back there
1: yeah um, i grew up in a my parents were divorced at two i think i was two or three um you know grew spent most time with my mother uh alcoholic father so uh you know it was a great childhood for the most part a lot of let downs when it comes to the you know the father side of it as far as uh Spending time and broken promises and, you know, a lot of stuff like that. But for the most part, i have the best mom in the world. I'm sure everybody says that, but she's an angel. And she took care of me and took me under her wing and, you know, trying to make things right as she could doing the struggle for both parents, you know. And, uh, you know, I just had a lot of struggles growing up with that because when you're that young, you don't realize you, you know something's wrong but you don't know why dad's not picking you up or if he comes to pick you up, why mom's not letting you go with him. Yeah. You know, so you got a lot of pent up aggression and anger and sometimes it gets pointed towards your mom and my mom. And I know it did it. You know, my stepfather in the wrong direction because I was angry at them. They wouldn't let me go with my dad. Well, you know, when you're seven, six, you don't know that he's hammered and you can barely walk to get out of the truck and he wants to take you somewhere. Well, you know, mom's being a mom. She's not going to let me go, but I don't understand that. So, you know, just a lot of, a lot of shit like that. And, a lot of disappointment, you know, coming from dad. Like, a lot of broken promises. The, stuff cl- that
0: the classic uh, it, 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 the classic tell the classic. tell all of the alcoholic the, the broken promises yeah. and broken dreams classic. and a lot of I woulda, coulda, shoulda type of shit.
1: Yeah. All the shit that we coulda done or woulda done but never did, you know. So, uh, you know, and then once I got old enough to realize alcohol was the issue, then, of course, I was never going to drink in my life. You know how that goes, I'm sure many alcoholics have said that with alcoholic oh, yeah. parents and you know you just fall into that fucking cycle just freshman freshman in high school that type those type of years and you know getting a little partying crowd and it's fucking downhill from there
0: isn't it yeah. funny like how how when you're younger like you just said you know i my dad's an alcoholic um you know and i i have the same the same issue with that as well as as my dad but like when I was young too, said the same thing. I'm I'm not going to drink when I grow up. I'll never smoke. I'll never do drugs. Like I would nope. never ever do that because I saw what it what it did to my family and to my dad. And yeah, if I, I'm just this is just kind of like popping in my head right now. It's kind of crazy. Is that even back then we were trying to control that that disease that alcoholic way of thinking so even when we were 15 or 16 we started to like you know have some beers and shit at the party during high school you're you that's when it starts like okay well i'm just gonna have like a couple of beers tonight you know that's no i just i just go out on saturdays you know what i mean that's kind of crazy it it starts very young
1: Yeah, yeah real young i mean you know people were drinking in seventh eighth grade and shit boone farm and fucking 40s and i'm just like no i don't want none of that Mm mm-hmm you know, freshman year, I fucking had a couple beers. Like you said, it was a Saturday, Friday night thing after a football game, or and it was a Saturday night thing. And, you know, next thing you know, it's was, hey, Friday after, Friday at lunch, let's get a fucking couple 40s. And then Monday, hey, let's get some 40s on Monday. And, you know, fucking <laughs> like 10th or 11th grade, it was every day at lunch, and we're fucking getting hammered. And,
0: going it, back just, to school. You know,
1: it, it, <laughs> yeah, going back to school drunk and just being stupid. and You know, and, and you don't realize at the time because you got a couple buddies that are doing the same thing. Well, you're the one doing it every day, and a couple dudes are doing it on Tuesday, and you got a dude that'll do it with you on Thursday. Do you think, oh, there's always someone to party with? But, yeah, in theory, yeah. your, your disease took over, and you're doing it every day, just to do it once a week. So you think you have it under control, of the 15-year-old, but it's already, it's already too late. You know what I mean? It's already, it's already sank its claws in.
0: I know, it's kind of funny how you, like, compare it. You're like, well, I, I'm not as bad as that guy, so I might, I must be yeah. fucking alright.
1: You know Yeah. That's funny, I and mean, there is, and we were, I was talking about that with someone last night at that party we attended, a um, guy that we went to school with. There was two dudes that were way worse than me. Uh-huh. I just figured, fuck, you know? Yeah. You know, we're talking about dudes licking beer off the floor, stupid, stupid shit like that, like anything for a drink, and I was like, I like do that shit. If I don't have the money to buy it, I ain't going to drink it. Well, yeah. you know, it, it's, just your, it's just your disease making excuses for you to, to drink, you know what I mean? That's all it is.
0: Yeah, dude, that's... that's uh quite interesting the excuses and the justifications and uh yeah um you know i I guess excuses would be the main one just well oh yeah i had a long day or i'm sad right i I feel like shit i need a drink yeah exactly i have a good damn i feel fucking great let's get hammered tonight like that rush i remember that it would be like this rush of like adrenaline almost you know you'd be so
1: excited to, to get
0: out and release and
1: yeah. Man, so, yeah, a, pulling up to the liquor store knowing that you're gonna get a forty or you know the one liquor store knowing you're gonna get a fifth of Jack or you know, yeah, your mic is on its way, it's just like a fucking Christmas, you know what I mean? It, 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 well
0: it, yeah, and the and the dark side of it though is is uh is where that leads to, you know, and you don't you don't think oh, about it at the time because you're just so one tracked mind, you're so wrapped up in that in that thought process of you know, to maintain oh, yeah. my sanity, I need to be intoxicated, you know, pretty much at all times yeah. by the end of my, by the end and of you, my drinking.
1: You think of all the good, you know, all the good times and everybody's partying with you. Well, when the party ends and it's, you're waking up the next morning throwing up and you need to drink just to get through the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then, then that dark place starts hitting like, well, now I'm, now drinking's no fun anymore. You know what I mean? Now it's just fucking, I'm sick and if I don't have uh, yeah. to lose, I probably gonna go to work today, you know? Yeah. I ain't gonna function a day. I'm to I'm wasting a whole day, you know, the older older I got, the worse it was. Hangovers were is fucking brutal, you know.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, if yeah. I
1: didn't drink if I didn't drink again, you know how it is that you start getting sick and fucking shaking and it's just not a fun way to live, man. And you know, you got you got yourself, I think I told you this before, I, I always made excuses. And no one else fucking bought it but myself. But it was just my own disease making excuses to myself to drink. You know what I mean? Everybody else that knew me or that around me knew I was bullshit. They knew I didn't have the flu. They knew I was hungover or drunk. You know what I mean? But my disease, I'll just say, oh, I'm hungover. I'll drink today. But I'll just tell everybody I have flu. They don't fucking buy that. No one buys it but drunk. It's your own mind playing tricks on itself.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost comical like that. That we but could actually is. think right, that there's stop. like somebody's gonna believe that, you know what I mean? Oh, they're not gonna yeah. fucking it. know. It's like, come on, it's it's obvious, yeah. you know.
1: It is. It's funny once I stopped how I realized like fucking what full of shit I was, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm the only oh, yeah. person to believe my shit believe my own shit was myself, you know? Yeah. That's 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 the truth.
0: Um but, you know you brought you brought a good point up a a little bit ago when it stops getting fun when it's just more or less to maintain and it's you're so yeah. deep into it it's just what you do let's talk a little bit about that
1: and that that came for me later in life um, you know I, I still party you know my, my whole thing was uh, there's different kind of drinkers and it's like I said I'm not a psychologist but in my opinion there's different kind of drinkers my dad was an emotional drinker so he would drink um, a lot of you know, if he was in if he was upset or even if he was happy, you know. For me I just liked the party, like I was the party dude. Yeah. I mean, that was my thing. Like if it was a Friday or Saturday or a Tuesday and people were having a party, you know, I had my own house, I'd have people over here, fucking bring some booze, turn some music up and just fucking rage, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I liked to do. And then it started to get, you know, so bad. Like I was saying, the next day, and you have to drink to feel better. But early on, you know, when I left high school, I partied like that. Still, you know, I was partying almost every day. You know, when I can get away with it. And then I, uh, you know, I went to junior college here at Solano, and I remember I already had one DUI, so I didn't drive. I couldn't drive to work. I was like, I couldn't drive to school. I was like eighteen, so I had someone buy me booze. I stashed it in my closet, big bottles of booze, and I would drink on the way to school in the big thermos. You know what I mean? So that's when I knew I fucking, you know, shit wasn't getting bad. And then obviously I had to drop out of school. But at that time, I got an apprenticeship to be a plumber. So my disease was telling me, oh, you don't need school anyway. Well, I would have, I would have failed. I would have flunked out regardless. You know what I mean? I just happened to, you know, think I could drink and, and, and do that shit, but you can't. But it's just another one of the excuses in your mind you make. So,
0: well, with the job you know. too, like with a job too, I can remember thinking, well, Well damn if I have a job now I can just work and then like that's the perfect excuse that is that is very well known. Well fuck I work hard so I'm gonna I'm gonna you know party hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink when I get home and it's like it's very acceptable lifestyle,
1: you know, for of people. That's a lifestyle, you know, and that's what you know, I was eighteen and my dad had done it his whole life after work. I don't have to go to school now, so now I can I can go to work nine to five and come home and make a drink. It's part of uh, you know like, the American way, right? I'm an adult. You see it on TV, yeah. I'm an adult. It's American way. Look, look at all the TV shows. Everybody comes home and has a beer. You know what I mean? It's that false bravado that everybody.
0: Well, I want so you know what
1: I want. alcoholic I,
0: Real quick though, I want to point out because so, someone had brought this up to me. Um, I can't remember who it was now, but someone had, someone had brought it up, and I, I kind of it kind of rang true to me too. Is I want to be clear that they're... There is a lot of people out there, um, which I don't understand myself because I can't do it. That doesn't mean that other people can't, um, that yeah. that do come home and they're able to like crack a beer and have oh, yeah. one beer Absolutely. and and mellow yeah. out and and you know, and that's what they do. So actually I think it was Mark yeah. Mark Lundholm that pointed that out on um on one of the episodes oh, we yeah. did. You know, and he and he said, like, once I realized that it wasn't so much alcohol that was the problem, it was me that was the problem. Like, that opened my yeah. mind up a lot when I, you know, when I really realized that, too, because it's like, you know, alcohol, there are people who can drink responsibly. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm not one of them.
1: Yeah, And I am not either. I'm, you know, we're not. That's
0: just. Yeah, um, that's just part of it. We
1: just weren't made that way. And people are, like you said, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know. I, mean, I don't know how many but tons of americans can do that
0: yeah that's i don't know their how everyday but... life
1: form. for us we can't yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how either <laughs> yeah there's there's not there's no definition in my wordplay that's one beer there's no, none of that ever in my life is the one beer thing you know what i mean I, one beer is us uh, it just doesn't register on my you
0: know yeah i don't i don't like, really you know, really get no, it either but
1: yeah it's just we're just different people you know and, and uh you know, like we talked about, I think it's genetic and it's a learned behavior at the same time, but
0: yeah, you know what let's let's e- do. let's elaborate on that a little bit because, um, we kind of touched on that previously about the genetics of it and then the learned behavior part of it like what's your take
1: on that? um I think it's absolutely genetic I mean this again, just my opinion from the life I've lived, the life my father lived, my uncle lived, my grandfather lived um you know. They uh it's it's in my blood, I believe. You mm-hmm. know, and I think you know, at a young age, so obviously I learned it from my father from watching him and, and wanting to be like him. Well, at first not wanting to be like him, you know, and then once you have your first taste of booze and like it, then you know you're gonna be like him and it's just scary oh, yeah. for me it was a scary it was a scary because I slowly watched him die from the disease. Um, so even that didn't make me quit at first, but I absolutely think I got it from you know, I had my father's brother died of stomach cancer, which, um, we think might have been related to booze. We, you know, can't say for sure. My dad died of cirrhosis straight up, so he he died from alcoholism. Um, I think it's passed down. I think it unfortunately is in our blood, but it can be a learned behavior as well. I, I obviously learned it from my environment, um, not only from my parents, but the shit we watched as, as teenagers, the shit we listened to as teenagers, the shit we were around as teenagers. Um, yeah. You know, that shit's fun. No one wants to be the not cool guy in school. You know what I mean? No one wants to be the guy at the party that doesn't drink or uh, that doesn't listen to the cool music or, you know. No one wants to be that guy. So if it means having a 40 in our hand for our generation, then that's what it meant. You know, or fucking drinking booms or whatever was cool at the time. You know, it's it's part of that, too. I I think it goes hand in hand. I think it's just a double-edged sword for people like us that already have it in our genes and then have that peer pressure and that, Wanting to be cool, so then it's like fuck. Once you once you taste it, once you get it in your your blood, then fuck, you're fucked. You know what I mean? And there's no, like I said in high school, there's no Friday Saturday parties for me after like tenth grade. No, I'm talking fucking at lunch on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we were getting forties and thirty twos and sneaking whiskey in in our fucking lunchtails. You know what I mean? It's just well, I'm thinking yeah.
0: that there was nothing wrong with that either. It was just kind of like. uh you know, I no. think I think part of it too is peer pressure and wanting to be the cool kid, like you said, like trying to. Yeah. I mean, not, not, not even so that, much that's like part the, of growing up. Yeah, yeah. You 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 yeah. want to you know, and you want to have fun and shit too. And let well, let's bring it back to some realness too. Like, how many of us just like the feeling of being drunk? You know what I mean that that yeah. liquor that liquor courage that that feeling of like because yeah. a lot of people are socially awkward and that's why they drink. You know, yeah. that's that and people that's people don't know how to act. Wall. You know, no. yeah, exactly. You're you're complete. Yeah. You, you loosen up. You know, you feel like you can talk, you feel like confident, you feel like you, you know more. Um but
1: how, like everybody's that, friend, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. It's easier for a lot of a lot of guys to talk to girls, you know, when they've had a few drinks. Oh yeah. Um,
1: and that's part of teenage life. You know, I, I could I, I still live in the you know, I live back like you I grew up in this town, I know half the people I went to high school and I can tell you every party I've been to that they were at and they did the same thing I did, but they don't have that issue. You see what I saying? That's part of normal growing up. Everybody's gonna go to party, have a couple beers. Yeah. you know that's that's part of being in the cool crowd. But you know, half the people I see they don't struggle like I did with the disease. You know, people. That's why I think it. The learned behavior is partly just fuels our fire of having a disease that's I think I uh, that I inherited from my father. That's that's yeah. my take on it. I I'm not a professional, so that's my opinion.
0: But well, and that's and and. That...
1: What is that <laughs>
0: what is that from? That's uh, I remember that from a show or something. So that's my take and I'm yeah. sticking to
1: it. If, if, you hear me, if you hear me say if you hear me say anything funny, it's already stolen one. You know what <laughs> I mean? So you're gonna steal it if yes. you're gonna steal it from me, I already stole it from someone else. We'll I'm, just recycle that not shit not that all the way Yeah, I'm not that original, so don't give me any credit. <laughs>
0: oh man. Me- remember that quote, You're unique, just like everyone else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love that quote. When you told me that last night, I was like, dude, that's classic. Yeah, and yeah. you told me you told you. It. I'm like, yeah, that's fucking. Oh yeah,
0: that sounds like it. Uh, well, will yeah, we'll give credit where credits due. That came from Chris Elliott, and uh, uh, yes. otherwise known as Pharmacist Chris. He, uh, he, he coined that, or I don't know if he coined it, but I heard him say it. In, uh yeah, you know, it's just kind of, yeah. kind of a, a funny thing when you got all the hipsters and everyone trying to be so fucking. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm an individual and I'm unique and I'm not hating on him by any means, but it's just kind of comedy. Oh, like, no. you're, you're fucking just like everybody else. So I mean, like <laughs> you exactly. look exactly the same, you know?
1: Yep. Um,
0: exactly. so on the point of the, you know, the hereditary thing and the learned behavior, um, I think, you know, right, right behind that comes the fact that we get to be proud that we get to break that cycle of these generations yeah. of, Um, you know, of alcoholism, of drug abuse, that are getting, that would, well, I guess there's still a chance they could, but at least we're doing everything in our power to stop them from being passed down to our kids, and that is something that is so, um, it's just, it's, it's amazing, and it's, it's very, it's something that I'm very proud of, and um, you know, take a lot of pride in.
1: Yeah, yeah, you and me both. I mean, that's that was a huge thing in me, and that's uh, you know at. My younger days, you know, 20s and even to my 30s, uh, I wasn't planning on having kids, you know, because I wanted to drink. There was really no stopping me. I mean, I I was just not going to have kids. I just wasn't going to do it because I didn't want to put my kid through what I went through, and I wanted to drink. I a yeah. selfish. You know, I'll, oh, I'll yeah. the most selfish people in the world. I mean, Absolutely. anybody that knows them or anybody has been around them, even if you're not one, if you love one or ever have loved one, they're the most selfish people you'll ever meet. So I was an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. I was selfish, you know. So I just... Said, I'm not going to have kids so luckily until I got sober I didn't have kids and now you know my wife and kids are the best things in my life that's that's what I live for I don't live for the bottle you know what I mean back then I lived for the party that was it I was a party animal but now I have something better to live for and like you said breaking that cycle was a huge thing for me because you know we never know from where we're going to drink again I hope none of us do but my my whole thing is those kids, I, I can't, yeah. there's no way, I can't look in their eyes and I can't see the disappointment that I grew up with. I just, I can't, I wouldn't put that on my worst enemy. I, I it was so disappointed as a child, just have a dad not be there, dad not come. It's just, I, I can't, I can't do that to another, to my child. There's no way. It's just heartbreaking. So,
0: yeah. You know, there's, it's just, there's a, uh, there's something about disappointment as a kid that you that you don't understand that it's really worse. yeah it really does it's something worst to you form, and you don't forget it you, know, my, you don't forget yeah it. in
1: my opinion yeah in my opinion I I oh mean this is my opinion I've never been a well I have been abused that's the worst form of abuse was what my dad did my dad never laid a hand on me I can probably count on one hand the time my dad yelled at me but that disappointment he put me through is I mean it, it's just my heart's broken to this day you know yeah. I got to, close to him at the end of life because we were both alcoholics but. I never got a childhood with my father. You know what I mean? Like that's that's to me. I don't want to compare it to getting abused because I, I I don't want to be saying that. That's yeah, right. Yeah,
0: no, but I, I got what you're I saying. Mean, though for, for me, that's
1: my form of just like I'll never get over that. There's uh, you know I'll, I'll carry that with me the rest of my life, and it's 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 fuel for the fire for my kids that I'll ne- I can never put them through that. I couldn't do it. It's well, just,
0: that's and that that's me, that's different. what I was gonna say is that you know you now you get an opportunity you know to take that to take that hurt to take that pain that disappointment and you get a chance to offer something so much more greater and better to your kids and and not have to not have to have them grow up like that. And so, you know, yeah. you heard the old saying everything happens for a reason. Well, um, you know, maybe maybe in some odd way that's the reason, you know, because you you went through that shit, now you don't have to to do that to your kids. They get to grow up in a healthy environment by any means we all know shit fucking shit at home all the time it ain't leave it to beaver we still got our problems we still have things that we go through like money problems like um you know stress problems kid problems yeah yeah Yeah, i mean but
1: parenting is the hardest thing by far fucking a dude you're telling me we're all gonna make mistakes yeah we're all gonna make mistakes and we're gonna trip over shit but if i can give them the best life i can by just being here and uh and, and not disappointing them then you know i I consider my
0: job done, you know. Dude, marriage and, and having kids, the two most rewarding things I've ever done in my oh, life. Absolutely. But the two most difficult things, you know, right oh, yeah. next to it. I mean, it takes a yeah. real woman, it takes a real man to, to stand up and, and to raise a family and to, uh, to take responsibility. And you hear that when you're younger before you have kids and you don't really fucking get it. But, man, once you have kids, it's oh, yeah. it's, a fucking, it's a completely different game. The home of the ball game, yeah. You know? Well, and back to back to the uh the email from the listener Kristen too. You know, she she had mentioned she had four kids. Uh, we all know how stressful that can be at times. I mean, I only have two kids, and sometimes I mean, I I got to take oh, yeah. count to ten and and take some breaths because I will lose my fucking mind sometimes. You know, it's just it's absolutely there's a lot going on. There's a lot of a lot of pressure, a lot of overwhelming feelings sometimes. If you got things, you know things life basically life's throwing shit at you and you you constantly trying to deal with it so i can see and i can understand where she's probably coming from without the support groups and that type of thing she doesn't have anything to learn to to lean on really right now and so it's like well the best thing to let all of this shit go away is at least if i'm drunk i feel fucking good i feel high like i feel okay you know so yeah that's the importance of uh of getting that contact um you know, someone on the on yeah, the speed you, dial yeah. you can hit up.
1: Yeah, just call somebody if you feel like, you know, drinking or someone to talk to. Even if it's someone that, I mean, it's better if it's someone that's been through, a pro, you know, been through what you've been through. But, you know, when I got sober, I didn't do a program. I went to meetings, but, you know, I talked to people that, you know, knew my situation but weren't necessarily in my same boat. Strangers, like you told me before, you talk to strangers. You know, anybody that will talk to you, you know, your neighbor, someone that, it'll just you know let let you bend their ear for a half hour it feels so much better to talk you know than you know
0: well pe- people have a hard time communicating these days and i think partly yeah i think part of it is just technology's evolved and you know we're so locked into all, cell phones and computers yeah. and the whole communication facebook thing phone. is much yeah facebook twitter i mean all that shit and it, there's there's good sides to it too <laughs> but fuck i mean yeah, you know oh yeah, people no. don't genuinely know how to communicate anymore at least in fucking california i've never been to to the midwest and and i hear that people are are very friendly out there so i may be wrong about that but yeah. i know out where i live i mean there's there's nice people and shit but people are just all about themselves they're all about fucking yeah life is it's um hard. a big fucking it's, hurry it's hard you to know? Find a,
1: yeah it's hard to find a genuine people anymore you yeah know i mean like you said with that facebook people don't communicate anymore but, you know, it, it's hard to find a, a genuine person that actually care about people's feelings and, you know, and they're doing things for the greater good anymore. Everybody yeah. wants, what are you going to give me type of attitude? Like, yep. motherfucker, you know what I mean? Like, what's in it for me? Like, what happened to helping of my neighbor and all that shit in the Bible or whatever you may believe in? Just do something because it's good for the day, you know?
0: Absolutely. Have someone
1: out because you can. Don't do it for what you're going to get back. You know what I mean, karma is a huge thing and in, in, in this disease if you don't have any, you're gonna need a lot of help. It's a long road, and I, you know, I've been sober almost four years, and I, I always need help. You know, whether it's my wife or my mom, or, you know, you're always gonna need help in life. And even if you're not an alcoholic or whatever, just you know, treat people like you want to be treated. You know, be genuine. And if you don't have time to be genuine, tell them, hey, hit me next time. I, I got to deal with my kids right now, or I can't talk right now. You know, just tell people straight up.
0: Well, one, of, one of the main, the main, main foundations of recovery you know, with whatever your addictions or problems are is, um, you know, being of the greater good to your, to your brothers, to your sisters, like giving, uh, being of service, helping people. And that's something I learned, um, you know, over the, over the course of, of this last year and a half is that like, when I, I'll get, you know, selfish and I'll get so wrapped up in my own mind and my own problems and my own issues and shit. And the best fucking way to get out of that is to help somebody. And I think that's a yeah, key absolutely. tool for somebody to understand who's maybe just trying to get sober and just trying. Once you get over the, um, you know, the physical, the physical side of actually, um, you know, detoxing and, and kind of starting to feel a little bit better. When you start trying to learn and train your mind, I mean, just start doing shit for people. You don't need. You know, you yeah. don't have to get something out of it. You know, you don't. Oh, but you will get something out of it. You'll get peace of mind. You'll get this great feeling <laughs> exactly. in your heart that, like, damn, I'm actually. What's our purpose here? Our purpose is to help each other. I know it sounds hippieish exactly. and shit, but it really is.
1: That's yeah, humankind. It's Human nature. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, and you got to. I touched on this. I think mean, last time we talked. um, For me, it you got to have something to fill that void of your boozing or partying or whatever you did. So there's a lot of different things you can do but helping people that's the main thing you know if yeah. you just go out and hey if your neighbor needs help mowing her lawn or she wants some leaves to pick up or fuck even pulling her garbage cans in off the curb you know go say hi to her just little shit like that like
0: little things
1: you know i know that shit doing shit like that makes you feel so much better than getting fucked up you know I, what i mean like
0: i heard one guy he said cold. he goes uh He goes, man, because you just said little things and that just, this just popped in my head. I didn't mean to cut you off and shit, but he, he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, just, he goes, you know what I do? One little thing, it sounds fucking stupid, but instead of leaving my shopping cart out in the middle of the fucking parking lot, I walk it all the way back up there and I put it back in there. He goes, I don't know. For some reason that works for me. Just little shit like that, that like you're, you're kind of, you're you're helping, man, you know, and that shit will start to add up.
1: Holding doors for people, for old ladies. You know, if you see somebody, help her across the street. You know, anything, man. Just, you know, let's let's restore human kindness. You know what I mean? Let's get back to that. Let's let's not pass people up on the side of the road. Or if you can give a hand, give a hand. You know. How about people a hand? Don't do that shit anymore.
0: How about a hand job? Do we got to do that?
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> everybody needs a hand job. That's, that's oh, for sure. Man.
0: Fuck! 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 I don't know. Sorry, my mind goes off sometimes and just fucking. I I um, I speak before I think sometimes. My wife gives me shit yeah, all the time. Yeah, gotta watch that. Yeah, man. I don't know us us men, man. We got some dirty fucking minds sometimes, you know. But hey, I guess it's normal,
1: yeah. right? Normal. That's how, that's how we roll. That's how we roll.
0: So what all is right. um. What are some of the things that you do to, like we were saying, to fill to fill that void where we used to get that adrenaline rush from being a Friday night and, you know, knowing that I, oh yeah, I'm going out tonight, I'm going to the bar, I'm going to a party, or I'm going out doing whatever. Um, yeah. What are some of the things that you use, some of the tools that you use to to kind of replace that, like, and and maybe what you did early on, you know, compared to yeah. now, you know, how it kind of evolved. What I do
1: now. Yeah. Well, now I, do, you know, I got two kids and a beautiful wife now, so of course, all my time spent with them. But in the beginning, you know, I was by myself. You know, I just had a bad breakup. Things went south, and I decided it was time to hang them up. I was retiring from drinking, and uh, you know, I just kind of stayed to myself. I did a lot of painting. Um, I did some writing. I'm not a writer, but I just kind of wrote shit down. Just to, if you don't have someone to talk to, that's another thing, Kristen. If you're listening, um, I wrote a lot. Like if I'd wake, I'd wake up in the morning because I was used to partying all night. So I'd wake up. 3, 4 in the morning, I can not go back to sleep, so mm-hmm. I just get a pen and, and act like I was talking to somebody, write myself a letter or write someone that's, you know, a part of your recovery, write them a letter, even if you don't send it, you just write shit down, and Dude, if you burn way. it, you burn it, but it gets it gets it off your chest, I did a lot of that, I did, you know, painting, even though I'm not any good, just shit to you know, get your mind off it and, and, and the you know, idle time's a devil's play tool, you know what I mean? So, if you're yeah, just sitting there true, watching like TV or, or doing Doing shit and mindless stuff, you know, it's going to creep in. Your disease is going to find a way to get get back at you, you know what I mean? And I had slip-ups in the beginning. I mean, you know, there's a couple times I went back to it and, you know, lied to my girlfriend about it and doing stupid shit like that. And then it just doesn't feel good, man, when you lie to people you love. And, and that's the people you hurt the most, you know what I mean? People probably knew me from the bars everybody you know not everybody knew me, but people i parted with and i never had issues with anybody i thought everybody loved me they probably didn't because i was a drunk asshole but they acted like they did yeah but the people that i really loved and care about that they fucking heated and you know my family i'm sure you know they won't admit it but i know they did because all the lying the fucking deceiving and stupid shit i did so you really got to think about who you're hurting and who you think your friends are it's a huge lifestyle change
0: yeah, that that was that's always a tough one too. Getting out of that cycle is, you know, you you have yeah. to kind of get away from certain environments and maybe certain oh, friends absolutely. that that uh, that are still yeah. living like that, you know. And it's it's nothing personal. It's just it for your sake no. and for your family's sake. You you just got to make a decision well, what's day. more important, you know. Yeah, your life's sake. Fucking a, yeah. yeah. That's that's very true.
1: Yeah, you know, um, and, and you know, I I told you before, you find out who your friends are when you when you. In recovery, or when you quit yeah. drinking, you really do, yeah. and that's not to say you're going to find new friends, and, and don't worry about that. Because when I stopped drinking, I had one friend that I grew up with that's still my best friend to this day. That's the only one, really, to be honest with you. My best friend Joaquin, and uh, he never he never doubted me or anything. He just stuck with me, and it was still my friend to this day. Now I've made a lot of new friends. I got to know you a lot better, and there's people that are going to come. Yeah. So don't fret that all these party people are. Oh, I don't see this guy anymore go well, to the bars. Well. They obviously want a friend they were a drinking, buddy. It's a big difference. You know what I mean? Absolutely. People that have your back, they'll come out. Yeah, they'll come out when you're getting getting sober. You'll you'll find out who they are. They're mostly gonna be your family, which is a blessing if you have a good family. It's not gonna be a couple close friends, so you know, that's just how it works, man. That's how it rolls.
0: Yeah, dude, I I'm definitely blessed in that sense, man. I had a great, you know, support group going into recovery. Um, you know, I went to a thirty day treatment center and like you know, I was. I had my wife. I had you know my mom. I had um, you know I had friends, other family that that supported me. You know, and I can't. Yeah. I, I oh, yeah. a lot of people aren't that lucky. Is is I guess no, what I'm getting like, at. Well, and like, it's like, well, yeah, what do like you? Kristen. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. That's a. That's I mean, a. Great she
1: point. has nobody, and the one that she does have doesn't realize it's the disease. I was blessed like you were. My mom was married to my father. She knew the disease. She'd been in, in and out with the disease. So she knew I had the disease and as much as she probably hated me at times for doing what I was doing, she knew I was sick and she knew she prayed, hopefully one day I would change and I did. And she always had my back from day one and still does. So we're lucky in that. You know, but like I said, the people that don't, you know, there's there is support out there. If it's not your family or your friends, there are people out there that you can talk to. You just gotta find them.
0: One uh, one thing that you that you uh, brought up that I wanted to touch on too was about the writing thing. That was a lot of the exercises we did it in in recovery is is a lot of writing exercises because there's something about putting a pen on paper that does something oh, yeah. mentally to your brain where it makes you it makes you acknowledge it. It makes you have to yeah. really think about it and and um, and kind of get into it versus just um, not acknowledging it in a sense. So like one of the exercises Absolutely. I remember we did is that, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of alcoholics, a lot of, um, people have been abused, a lot of people who suffer from depression. I mean, all kinds of things. They've had rough childhoods. They've, you know, they've had things happen to them growing up. And one of the things that they had us doing there was to sit down and to write a letter to ourselves, um, as, as we are now, But we had to write the letter uh, telling ourselves as a kid on why, um, you know, what we would do differently to not end up in the situation that we are in today. And man, dude, that was a fucking intense exercise to hear, you know, other people because this this was a group, um, you know, this was a group recovery house. And so you, you know, not only do you do you do your own, but you engage in other people's and you give them feedback and you, you know, you hear their stories and stuff and. Um, you know, it's, it's really, it's just such a deep thing about actually putting something on paper and you'll see that, you know, to, to those of, those of you out there listening who are either involved in support groups or who are thinking about it, that's what you're going to get out of that. You're going to hear other people, you're going to hear other people's, um, you know, uh, mistakes and other people's triumphs and things that they've done. And you can take that and you can apply it to your own situation and kind of take what you want out of it.
1: Yeah, and like I said, even you know the group thing is great. The people that can't get to a group are like me. I I can't tell you how much shit I wrote and then just didn't either threw away or I don't know you know how much of that stuff I still have. But just to get it off your chest, talk about it, read it out loud if no one's up. You know, just write it out. And you know, I sent some letters, but most of them I just you know got rid of. It's just stuff. Just get it off your chest. So there's no one to talk to. You know, you need you need that to get it off your you know, your brain, whatever you're thinking of. If, and you talk for an hour and it touches one person. You know what I mean? One person. Then, you know, my job, I, I felt like we did something. You know, like I said, not all alcoholics want help. and You know, you, you can only help yourself and you're not going to get them all. But if you can get one, you know what I mean? Like I know something touched your life or something made you change, something made me change. There's something in everything of it. Something we said or, you know, a piece of music you hear or, you drive by something and see something, anything. If, if, you know, that one person can get changed and fuck, that's one more down. You know, that's one more person that's going to live to see their next birthday and see their kids grow up. You know what I mean? That's, it's a huge thing. You know what I mean? It goes back to helping people. Like you said, you know, if it's not, you know, one person, hopefully it's 150, but who knows? we well, get one, one at a time.
0: And, and, and that's so true, man. And, and you and I are two of the lucky ones and those people out there listening yeah. are some of the lucky ones too, because I'm sure we both, well, I know, you know, your father, your uncle, I'm sure you have friends as well as I do that, that, um, that have physically uh, are not here, they've passed away, um, yeah. whether to do to drugs or alcohol or be- or bad decisions. And I also have mm-hmm. a few people who are very close to me um, who are mentally gone or, you know, they're, uh, they're so caught up in their disease and their addictions that, um, you know, they don't, they don't come around anymore. And if they do come around, um, you know, not, not a lot of people want to be around them. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're really lucky to get the opportunity to, to get a second chance. I believe everyone deserves a second chance, you know, every, everyone should. And if, especially if you love somebody, You know, you just, uh, you just exactly. got to be patient.
1: And, and, and you got to, you got to want it. You got to want it and you got to want to do it. You know what I mean? I, you got to, it's got to be a place for everyone. Cause you know, I, since I, I've only been sober, you know, three, four years and uh, people that I've been around sometimes, oh, you're sober. Why don't you talk, you talk to this guy at work about drinking or talk, talk to, you know, this, this and who about drinking, you know, about telling men to stop or slow down or something. And I'm like, Hey, let me tell you, if they want to come to me and talk about, you know, trying to change, I'd love to, but I'll tell you what, from the time I was 15 till I was 32, whenever I quit, my mom and 10,000 other people had people come talk to me. You know what I did? I fucking listened to them. I was polite. Thank you. Yes, sir. On the way home, I picked up a bottle. You know what I mean? So yeah. until that time comes for someone, I mean, don't push on them. Cause that's, you know, it gets to the point that I started getting pissed. Like I wouldn't even come around people because they tried they try to push that shit on me. You know, if you're not ready, you're not ready. But
0: Nobody wants to hear no, from, the, no. from the sober guy trying to tell, you know, uh, or no, from the ex-alcoholic I, yeah. th- trying to tell somebody else why they shouldn't drink. Like, there's nothing worse than that. No, and you're exactly. dead on right. Like, nobody, like my dad, for instance, like that, I, I love him. He's my dad. But he's had so many fucking rock bottoms or what you would consider a rock bottom. And he just, it doesn't matter how much I talk to him, how much I tell him I love him, how much I want better for him. Um, You know, it's ultimately, yeah. it's going to be up to him to make that decision and whether he does or, or doesn't, it's, it's not my, it's not my thing anymore. Like I, I can't fucking do it for yeah. him, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And you know, and, it, and my thing with my father being dead, you know, it's a huge thing with me. He, he'll never, he never got to meet his grandkids. He'll never get to watch them grow up. And to me, that's heartbreaking because of course, yeah. like your kids, my kids are the best in the world. Like yeah. everybody's kids are the best. I'd love for them to have a grandfather and they know their grandfather. He's just not here. But it's on the other note, I think, you know what, in a way, like sometimes I, I love my dad to death. I, I love them, but I think, you know, they're not going to be around to see him falling over, you know what I mean, or, yeah. or can't get out of his truck because he's drunk. You know, they're not going to see that. So in a way, it's a blessing and a curse because it breaks my heart that he never got to meet him or they never get to meet him because he really is a great guy. He just has a bad disease that killed him. Yeah. But and they say, no, they don't have to see that. So they can see pictures and they can visit his grave and see that, you know, he's a good dude. That's all they need to know, you know, so. You know, yeah, that's, you just, dumb sword.
0: It, it is, it really is, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, you know, and something like yeah. that. And, uh, I, I yeah, struggle with, I struggle with the same thing, like with my yeah. dad, that he's you know, got,
1: you can't leave your kids with him. Well, yeah. You know? Oh yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And I can, mean, I can, could, I, could, I don't know if I could, if my dad was alive today, I don't know if I could let my kids around them. I don't know how, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like towards the end, as bad as he was, I, I, I definitely couldn't leave him with them, but I, I don't know if I could bring him around you know.
0: See I I'm, I'm lucky in the fact like like my my dad he gets to come around. I mean, or, I mean not that he gets to, but he he comes around when he comes yeah. around. He's never like, you know, yeah. falling over drunk or anything like that. Um but yeah. but the biggest thing for me is that he's I've had to I've had to come to terms and accept the fact that um I look at it like, you know, like just any other disease. Like he's sick. You know, because for so yeah. long yeah. you get angry and you and you know, t- if you have somebody you love that suffers from from, uh, you know, any addiction, any disease, it's hard to watch him self-destruct in a sense, you know. And so what once, oh, yeah, won- like, once I was able to kind of look at it for like, OK, like like he's he's sick, like he he doesn't know what he's doing, like he's so caught up in it. Um, you know, it's made it a bit easier, but I don't I don't care. You know, I'll, I'll always have hope till the day that I die that, you know, that, yeah. that maybe he'll, and he'll change. And, and we all
1: need that yeah you know we all need that we all need someone to have hope for us because mine was my mother i know she always had hope for me even though i didn't never i didn't see it when i was drinking but you know and and it feels good that when i'm sober i can think like i I made her proud like i yeah you know i mean she watched she watched my dad die even though they weren't married she was still close to him she was there with me when he died and she saw that whole thing and i still didn't i still didn't quit drinking for like four years after that you know what i mean but she never lost hope she knew somewhere in there you know what i mean that i i had it when uh kind of yeah.
0: when, when that happened did that um did that intensify your drinking by any sense or did you did you almost t- did you take like an attitude of like you know like fuck it i'm just
1: like um, i don't even care you know, or was
0: it more like how how did you take you it
1: would, you know, you would think when you I, I watched him die like from the last you know 6 months he had cirrhosis which he didn't tell any of us but i could tell 6 months before He's getting gray, getting yellow. I just knew the telltale yeah. signs. He just never Didn't told me about good. him. And it all went, I watched it stage for stage. I live a block away from him. So I'm the one that found him in this bed. And he was incoherent. We took him in the hospital. He died that day. But it was such a brutal watching him die that you would think yeah. that, you know. But I, I've i had a lot of close, my, my very close grandmother, my mom's mom was my closest person in my life. She died when I was 14, 15. My grandparents died when I was young. So. I'd been around death a lot. Um, so I was never a drinker to be like, oh, I'm sad, I'm going to get fucked up. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. By that time, by the time my dad died, I was just partying every night. So I was an alcoholic because I just drank every day, but it wasn't because I was sad or because I was lonely or because I was happy. I just fucking... Well,
0: it's just, just what you did. Day. It's just, that's just yeah, what you do. So it
1: wasn't like when my dad died, I'm like, oh, I'm going to drink more because by that time I was already up two fifths a day and a you know 24-pack. Yeah. So <laughs> there was really no add <laughs> You
0: know what I mean? Adding any more to it, but isn't it crazy? Like the, the opposite. Isn't it crazy? Like the normalcy, like the normalcy bias that gets attached to something like that after somebody does it for so. Oh, that's just what he does, you know, or that's just what I do. Yeah, I just fucking drink oh, every day. They're yeah. like, there's oh, nothing wrong bones. with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and would be
1: like people see me. Oh, it's just bones. He just fucking he drinks like that all the time. No will be yeah. a fucking deal. You and know and what I mean? And I'm talking well, about like a, they know that
0: excessive drinking. You know, like it, like excessively. Like it's just fucking. It's insane.
1: Yeah, oh, exactly. Like people would come to my house and they'd be like, "Oh, that's just Bones. He drinks like that." You know, it's it's Friday, yeah. but little do they know. They only come on. You know, I had a, you know this group of friends comes over Friday. Well, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Friday, Saturdays, Saturday, I do the same thing every fucking night. You only see it one night a week. But <laughs> so they yeah. can all say, "Oh, Bones just does that. Bones just does that Friday, Saturday." Well, you're not the crew that doesn't work that I know that comes over Monday, Tuesday nights, and the yeah. other two that come over Wednesday, Thursday nights. All my other boys that are fucking losers that I thought were my friends that. We're just hanging out in my house drinking on days because they didn't have to work. You know, yeah, I mean? yeah. Everybody just saw me on on Fridays and Saturdays at the bar. Oh, Alex's Bones, he gets fucked up Friday, and Saturday. She must work hard during the week. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, it's just an acceptable thing. Yeah, and it's you know, and again, it's just, all it is for yourself is your disease lying to you. It's just making excuses. Yeah. You know? it's, it goes round and round, and no one's buying it but yourself.
0: I know it's you so know? it's so cunning, and it's just it does it straight up lies. Like it straight up tell like oh, it would yeah. tell me shit. I know this sounds fucking crazy for you know maybe someone who, who's never experienced it, but I mean it will literally tell you shit like you know, you're you're fine like quit being a bitch yeah and quit like quit your fucking bitch and you work hard you know you you deserve yeah, you, deserve, you deserve, deserve to have this you know how many right times now? I've
1: told yeah you know how many times I've told myself I deserve to drink if I had a fucking penny for every time I said that to myself yeah fuck we'd both be millionaires you know what I mean like. You deserve this, dude, bro. Come on, dude. It's a fucking beer on the way home from work. Yeah. You, know, you worked 12 and a half today. Yeah. Not to mention the three beers and two shots I had at lunch with my boss. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <shit>. dude, <laughs> you know man. what I'm saying, though? Like, it's just, you know, you deserve it. I've fucking told myself that many times. You know what I mean? You know, it's different for everybody. Some people turn it around and go to the gym every day. That's awesome. If you guys have ever seen me, I obviously don't do that. You know what I mean? But find something. You, know you got, know got a you broken know? ankle everybody. right
0: now, though. So you got you have an excuse, <laughs> yeah, okay? yeah.
1: I got an excuse, here. I'm hobbling around, but before that, I was—I'm not the Arnold Schwarzenegger epitome of health so that everybody, really, you know, would like to think. But it's all good. I got—I got a hot wife. That's all that matters. That's My right. Going and and I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I don't—I don't have to shave. I don't have to get a haircut. I don't have to do nothing.
0: Yeah, you got a pretty <laughs> fucking gnarly beard, dude. That's legit. Yeah. yeah
1: that's got
0: to—that's got uh, to take some—that's uh, got to take some grooming experience right there to keep that bad boy uh, looking clean, huh?
1: yeah it's 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 a struggle and that's another it's thing a like struggle uh, my, yeah <laughs> it's another that's another thing it goes back to my father, like my father had a beard, and uh, I never wanted to be like my dad so oh, I was never I have a beard. and my dad no and my way. dad just had nothing to do with booze, but my dad said. My dad said, son, when you turn fucking 18 years old, you're going to get the Nielsen double chin. That's our last <laughs> name, you know? And I'm like, no, fuck no, I was skinny. I was fucking 140 pounds. Like yeah. 63. I'm like, I oh, get fucking double chin. Yeah. Dude, I've you know, i been drinking. Sure enough, fucking 19 rolled around. Fuck so I look like a fat I was still skinny, but I had a double chin. He goes, you're going to have a beard by the time you're 21. I go, no, I'll never have a beard. I'm going to look like your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. And look at me now. If you fuck took it. a picture of my dad and me, you'd be like, what the fuck? You
0: know, really? He had, on, but, he had the long hair and the yeah. beard as well.
1: Uh, his uh-huh. hair wasn't long like mine, but he kept it short. But yes, yeah, and his beard wasn't as long, but same idea, you know. Yeah, but, same. same yeah, you, know, you always say that. Thing. And now I do it because I like it. Yeah, um, and I don't give a fuck really what I look like because I mean I look like a hobo, but as long as my wife loves me and my mom loves me, it's all that matters. But you know, it just it it goes back to kind of memories and him, and you know, I love the guy as much as an asshole he was to me at times and uh, disappointed he let me down, and he's still my dad, you know. And I had yeah, you know, I talked to you last time about it. Um. By the time I came around and and he figured out I like to drink and I figured out I like to drink, I'd spent the most time with him, you know, from the time I was 18 till 28 when he died. That last 10 years was solid. It might've been all alcoholic years, but we spent a lot of time. And I told you before, even if I wasn't an alcoholic by then, I would have drank every day just to hang out with him, just to get those years in because I didn't have him as a kid. You know what I mean? So any hunting, fishing trip, we'd get smashed and catch no fish or shoot nothing, but we'd be together. And that was a huge bonding thing for me, even though it's not the right way to bond. It's the way we did it. Cause I didn't have those first 20 years, you know, those first 18 years, he just was, you know,
0: well, I think that, I think that kind of, that kind of goes in with, you know, with the whole recovery thing too, about how, how it's important for us to always try to find the good in, in certain things. And even in bad situations, you know, um, there, there's always good. It might be a fucking terrible situation, but there's always going to be something yeah. good that comes out of it, whether it's learning, you know, a lesson on what not to do, or, or just like in yeah. your case, you know, it may not have been the most healthy environment, but at least you got to spend some time with your dad before he passed away. So I mean, there was some some exactly. good that came out of it, man. And it's good that you're able to and, recognize and could,
1: that. Yeah, and you can also take good qualities from them too. Like yeah. that's what I like to think now that I now that I'm sober. I took a lot of my dad's good qualities. You know, just because you're an alcoholic doesn't mean you're a piece of shit. You know what I mean? My dad yes, was an alcoholic. He was a great dude. I mean, talk about caring for people. My dad always did stuff for people. That was his nature. Yeah. And I like to think I took some of that and, and just got his disease. But, you know, just because you have a disease doesn't mean you're a bad person and, and don't get down on yourself. You know, it's, that's why I want people to hurt, you know, that Kristen Girl's husband says it's not a disease. They got to realize it is. You know, we're sick and, you know, until we get help, it just it takes control of your life. And if you can't, get it under wraps it it will kill you you know i mean i mean if not it'll it'll kill people around you it'll really hurt
0: it's such dude that's such a good point the um the fact that you're not you know you're not a bad person And, and um no i had a lot of people when i when i first you know stopped um a lot of people couldn't believe that like i had a problem and they didn't know what was going on in my own mind they didn't know the extent of it you know they didn't know that i was hiding and and drinking and all that stuff that secretive stuff going on and they thought because you know uh, they liked me and that i was you know always a good dude like how could how could he be how could shane be an alcoholic like he's a good dude like he you know he's not an asshole like i was never the guy that got drunk and was just a fucking complete dick that just wasn't me there's different types of alcoholics and so i think that people have this preconceived notion that all alcoholics or all drug addicts are bad fucking people. That they're that you got to no, be an asshole, you got to be a dirtbag, you got to be a piece of shit. And that's such a valid point that you brought up. Because that's not the case. Are there pieces of shit and bad people? Absolutely. But ju- oh, absolutely, that, that, yeah. not everybody is. I, I would I would fucking put money that the majority of people just have an addictive personality and yeah. addiction problem. You know, uh, an alcohol oh, yeah. alcoholism problem. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's so important. If you're, if you're struggling with it out there, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you weak to admit, you know, to ask for some help. You know, it's, it's out there. That's what it's for.
1: Yeah. The booze might make you do bad things, but you're not a bad person. I mean, not everyone's a bad person. Like you said, there's definitely, you know, assholes out there and pieces of shit out there that do drink and do drugs. But, you know, the majority of people I know since I've been clean are just good people that just have a disease. You know, we wouldn't turn people down that that, that had any other disease. So don't look down on someone that has this disease. That's that's how I look at it. You know, until they prove you wrong when they're clean, then, you know, you got to give them a chance because everybody needs that second chance, like you said earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And don't lose hope, you know, either. That's another important thing. Like I just said with my, about my pops, man, I'll never, I love him. Like, there's, we've had a lot of shit going on in, in our lives. Uh, who who the fuck hasn't, yeah. you know? But I'll, I'll never give up hope. Yeah. I always pray and I think about him often. And, yeah. Um. You know, I love them. Like you said, that's your that's your pops. No matter what we go through, we got family oh, and friends that we love. And you know, I guess my point to that no is, is, if if you're out there and you're struggling with somebody who, you know, maybe you're not the one with the problem, but you listen to the show because you're you're trying to deal with somebody who has a problem. You know, just keep the hope. Uh, don't try to preach to them. Just be there for them. And uh, you know, that's really yeah, that's really all him. you can do. You know.
1: Yeah, and let them come to you if so they just be available. You know, that's my whole thing about educate yourself yeah. too you know yeah exactly
0: well i think that uh um, i think that kind of wraps it up for for this episode um go to the website com. leave us a rating on itunes throw a comment on there uh helps rank the show helps more people find the show um just want to say thanks again to Mike for coming on and being honest and sharing some uh, some of his uh, experience and um, ideas and knowledge. Uh, Mike, right on, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks
1: for having me, Mr. Ramer. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, man. We'll it we, again soon. Yep, we definitely will. And uh, we'll talk soon. Right on, bro. This has been another episode of That Sober Guy Podcast on Recovery Radio with Shane Ramer. For more information, visit www.thatsoberguy.com or you can email Shane at sobriety at thatsoberguy.com Thanks again for listening and enjoy a sober, healthy, happy life.